Welcome back to the Hardcore Therapist, where we explore topics related to mental health and personal growth. I'm your host, Sarah, and today we have an important discussion ahead. We want to emphasize right from the start that this podcast episode does not replace the need for professional therapy. It is crucial to acknowledge that while self-help and self-improvement tools can be valuable, they are not suitable for therapy when needed. So I had a question that came in a few weeks ago um, that I wanted to talk about. Someone actually asked me about um, postpartum depression and if I could explain um, the clinical depression and its effects on people after giving birth, but also if I could really delve more into my area of expertise, which happens to be uh, nutrition. So I'm going to be talking about vitamins and nutrients um, that could help. It, it actually, all these vitamins and nutrients are going to help you throughout your life, but specifically um, if you are having depression symptoms, including postpartum de depression, um, I think it's a really important thing to make sure that you are eating the proper nutrients. I know it, I've experienced this and when I'm talking to clients, often uh, they talk about how um, when they're depressed, they kind of have the fuck it and eat whatever they want. And, um, you know, I, I truly believe in intuitive eating. I'm, I am a certified intuitive eating counselor. So I do have a strong background in that, but I do think that, um, trying to make sure you're getting the right kinds of vitamins and nutrients is, are going to help you the most when you are feeling depressed. But I'm going to talk a little bit about, um, postpartum depression, just to explain, um, maybe like your onset and symptoms, risk factors, different things like that. And then I'm going to get into the nutrition part. So um, onset usually happens within the first few weeks after childbirth, but then it can appear with any time within that first year. So like things might seem really great. And then all of a sudden at like three months, for some reason, you might have depressive symptoms. Symptoms are going to look like feeling sad, hopeless, emptiness, fatigue, low energy levels, which I think is really hard for new moms to um, discern if it's actually depression or if it's just like you have a newborn and you don't sleep a lot. Um, the change in sleeping patterns, which again is a, a depression symptom. So like, again, when you have a, a newborn, their sleeping patterns, you're kind of working with them. So it kind of dep depends on that. I think if you end up having an insomnia or you excessively sleep um, and you are neglecting um, your child and you're asking other people to do things for you. If you notice that, um, that's when it becomes important. Appetite changes, which also really happens a lot that first year um, after giving birth, that your appetite changes a lot. Um, sometimes you're like stressed and you're like, I can't eat anything or like I'm gonna eat everything. But notice if it's, it seems constant. Um, difficulty concentrating and making decisions. I'm going to tell you that that's like super mom brain. And I don't, you know, I know this is all clinical information. I'm literally getting this out of a book right now. Um, but there's truth to it, I guess. Um, I know that when I had my kids, I definitely had more difficulty concentrating and, and, and making decisions. Um, but I think if it's persistent and after even sleeping or, um, getting some rest, you're still feeling that way irritable mood swings. Again, that could be hormonal, um, drawing, um, withdrawing from families and friends that sometimes happens too, when you have a newborn. So I don't want to discount like some normal behaviors that happen when you have a newborn and you're trying to figure this out. Um, this is where it's a very scary symptom. And if you have this, you absolutely need to get medical attention immediately. 
Um, and you know, you need to let someone know if you have any thoughts of self-harm or harming the baby, that is a, like, it's more than a red flag, right? Like that is, that is depression. Like that is depression in a place, postpartum depression in a place where you cannot handle it yourself. You need someone who is trained to help you with that. So there are some risk factors um, that happen. So if you have a previous history of depression, that's going to be a, a risk factor. So letting your doctor know, you know, uh, if, especially if you're a new doctor, um, or notice those signs that you might have had when you were before you're maybe taking any kind of depression medication or doing any kind of talk therapy. Um, that's definitely things that happen. Lack of social support. If you're not getting support from people when you have a newborn it's bananas. Like that is a time that like community needs, needs to come together and help. Um, being a new mom is, is difficult. It's a huge change for, um, you and your partner. Um, or if you're doing it alone, it's just such a change and it's stressful. If there's any kind of stressful, um, life events that might happen, like someone close to you passes away, um, you know, you are doing this on your own work, things, different kinds of very stressful events, moving can have that happen. Hormonal fluctuation after childbirth, which I'm going to talk about that when I'm talking about nutrients, but that is definitely something that happens and you should really think about um, and notice. Um, and I hope that other people around you are noticing and maybe having them listen to this with you if you are choosing to listen to this um, is important. So people are aware and they can see the differences. Um, if there were any complications during the pregnancy or childbirth is another risk factor. And then relationship difficulties, of course, it's going to be a risk factor. How it impacts your daily life um, interferes with the ability to care for oneself and the baby. Like if you're going a long time without showering or like being able to change a diaper or doing those things, like you'll know. Strain in relationship with partners and family members. Again, some of this is normal. It's just when you see this extreme um, but I do think if you're unable to bond with the baby, that is a huge um, risk factor. Personally, that I know uh, a lot of moms will talk about when they have postpartum depression. Um, working with some moms, that's what they've talked about, is this kind of um, this this reduction of being able to bond with the baby and then just withdrawing um, are, are like two factors. And then obviously the self-harm and the harming of the baby. Uh, negative impact on overall uh, well-being and I um, can't even talk again. This is like my normal uh, functioning of individuals, right? Like, so it depends on, on all of those things. So how you diagnose for this, um, you know, if there's symptoms and they last for over two weeks, I, I don't think if you have severe symptoms, you should wait two weeks, but that's usually um, a PHQ-9 is usually how we... Um, to see about depression, you know, I think it's important to talk to healthcare professionals and, and mental health specialists and getting uh, assessments. Um, treatment options, again, are psychotherapy, medications. If, you know, I know some people don't want to do that. So I can talk again about um, vitamins and nutrients. Support groups are so important. I think like I will say when I was a new mom, I was really appreciative of mom's groups are really helpful, but I think it's also really important to get some sort of a sense of um, community. 
prevention and support. So any kind of prenatal education and counseling is really important. There are therapists that do that specifically. Um, build a strong support system. So, you know, having friends, family, uh, your partner being being um, a part of your support system, um, encouraging open communication about emotional well-being during pregnancy and postpartum. So no, like no, have like, like a litmus test of what's normal for you and, you know, have people know. Also be okay that your partner or maybe a family member or someone have them help you out to let you know when, you know, you maybe aren't acting in the way that you want to be acting or you're feeling and they are there to help you. Always early intervention is going to be the best thing when you have any of these symptoms, but I just wanted to get, give you kind of a brief overview of that. And then I wanted to get into what I really kind of focus on, um, in my practice is, um, is, is the roles of nutrition. Okay. So, um, it's significant, especially in post postpartum depression. Um, it's important to, you know, you could talk to dietitians, you can talk to your healthcare provider, um, mental health practitioners that have a, um, have a background in this is super important. Um, so just, you know, I, this is, this is what I recommend, but I also, when I'm recommending these things, I know the people I'm recommending them to. So I have a history. So I don't know your health history, if you're listening to this right now, and you're going to take this information. So no, it's important to understand what your health history is, any allergies you might have, any vitamins, um, that you're unable to get things like that, what you're already like, you know, what you might be produced too much of or not enough of. So here we go. Um, the things that I recommend to all people who have depression, but again, with postpartum depression would be, um, omega-3 fatty acids. So usually people are always like, Oh, salmon. Yes. Salmon is definitely one of those, those things that you can get omega-3 fatty acids. But I will say that, Walnuts, if you eat three walnuts, they have more omega-3 fatty acid than um, a piece of salmon. So if you're a vegetarian or vegan, walnuts are great. Flax seeds, chia seeds are awesome. If you do eat fish, again, I'll say that salmon again, mackerel and sardines are really good. Um, omega-3 fatty acids, especially EPA and DHA are essential for brain health and they have a positive effect on your mood. So I, I recommend omega-3 fatty acids for everyone. I take omega-3 daily just for, for me. It's also really good for heart health, just so you know. Um, you know, oftentimes I'll get it in, in food. If I, you know, if, if supplementation is not something you want to do, there are foods that will do that. Vitamin D is so important. Um, so sun exposure is the best way to get vitamin D. Um, but it can also be, um, obtained in fortified foods such as milk and orange juice, but there's, you know, supplementation as well. Like for instance, like I don't drink milk or orange juice and I live in Michigan. So it is, it was like 70 degrees yesterday. And today it's like, I don't know. I feel like it's 20 now. I don't, I don't know what's snowing for a second. Um, I do take vitamin D. Um, I actually use drops and I put them in water Vitamin D levels, when you have a, a normal level, it's linked to being in better mood and re reducing the risk of depression. So I oftentimes um, ask people to get blood tests and have their blood work done to see where their vitamin levels are at. 
And most people, especially in the Midwest, are really suffering with vitamin D deficiencies, uh, B vitamins. So here are the ways you get B vitamins. You want to make sure you're including B6, B9 for folate and B12. They all play a role in neurotransmitter uh, synthesis and regulation. So it's definitely an area that I think is really important. Um, I am so focused on, on like my brain health. Like I talk about this all the time when I'm talking about nutrition with people, you know, making sure you're getting enough carbohydrates, getting, you know, getting the right types of food to help your brain are super important. Um, and it's not just about like, this is, this is, this is better food than this food. I'm just saying that making sure you have these things are going to help, you know, your neurotransmitter. So leafy green vegetables are an excellent source of B vitamins, legumes, whole grains. Again, if you eat meat, meat and fish and eggs, and then, uh, some people believe fortified cereal. I, I'm like, I'm not down with that. Cause it's, it's usually, not my jam, but, um, you can get it in fortify cereal. If that's, you know, I'm also talking like very privileged about this, that I, if I'm not getting it from certain foods, I am buying supplements. Supplements can be really expensive. So I want to be very clear that, um, fortified cereals are very easy to find and you can, you know, if you are, you know, using, um, wick or any kind of food, um, stamps, any kind of things like that, you can actually, buy most of these foods um, under those kind of programs as well. So again, I, I'm saying I'm using privilege by being able to afford to get supplementation with supplements if I'm not eating it from food, but you can get it from different foods. Magnesium, so important. I talk about magnesium all the time. I think I talked about it three times today with clients already. Um, magnesium is found in a lot of foods. So it's in nuts, seeds, whole grains, leafy vegetables, um, leafy green vegetables, legumes. So there's different kinds of magnesium. And I think if you're using any kind of supplementation with magnesium, you need to understand what they do. So for instance, like if you have a hard time going to the bathroom and that often happens in postpartum, magnesium citrate is going to be what you're going to want to take. Um, but the cool thing about magnesium, it again, it involves your neurotransmitter functions and can have a calming effect on your nervous system. So oftentimes I talk to clients, um, new moms too, but most clients who have a hard time falling asleep and have told me that they've used melatonin. I, you know, I usually suggest not using melatonin and I talk about um, using magnesium instead. It helps you have a more restful sleep. It helps you. It helps you go to sleep easier. It's just an amazing thing because it really calms your your nervous system down. And I notice a difference um, when I take magnesium at night, which I usually do. So iron, iron is an interesting one. So I do want to say it's really important to eat uh, iron if you are fatigued, low energy. Um, but I do think you need to make sure you are. Um, you know, you have your iron levels tested because you don't want to actually have too much iron either. But, um, you know, and iron also makes it really difficult if you have problems making bowel movements, iron makes it more difficult. So good sources of natural iron come from lean meats, poultry, fish, beans, lentils, and again, fortified cereals. Um, but yeah, I think if you overdo any of these things, usually you pee out any, if you take too many vitamins, usually pee it out. But like, I don't know, I, 
iron definitely can affect you in a way where it makes it difficult to go to the bathroom. And I know with people after having babies, just knowing that it's difficult for that. Sorry, everyone, if that's TMI, but it's true. Um, it's, it's hard. So, you know, make sure that you know, if you need iron, if you feel fatigue, low energy, it does contribute to depression, but, um, you know, see if you're iron deficient before you get into iron too much. The next thing is protein. It is essential for overall health. It helps produce, um, it helps the production of neurotransmitters, but it is, I mean, it's great for muscle. It's great for uh, feeling satiated. It's great for uh, balancing out a meal. Um, you know, a lot of my clients are meat eaters. So I know I keep saying meat, but you know, I'm not also not saying that everyone has to be vegetarian. That's completely up to you. So lean meats, again, poultry, fish, dairy products, beans, and legumes are great sources of protein. Um, you know, a lot of, you know, being vegetarian, a lot of dairy products I usually go with, I usually go with, um, like Greek yogurts, cottage cheese, things like that, that are going to be um, higher in protein. Um, I do also use uh, protein powders. If you're interested in knowing more about that, I'm more than happy to talk about protein powder. I always am like, if you can get it from real food, get it from real food first. So that's, that's another thing. Um, zinc. Zinc is found in most meats, shellfish, legumes, seeds, and nuts. Uh, zinc is involved in regulating neurotransmitters and may have a role in mood regulation. So I'm a huge fan of zinc. Um, I also take zinc when I'm starting not to feel well. It helps a lot. Um, and then lastly, antioxidants. So vitamin C and E, as well as other antioxidants, can combat um, oxidative stress in the body. I get, I usually get these from fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, and whole grains. But I mean, honestly, I get most of those from fruits and vegetables. Um, you know, it's, it's important to do that. So I think it's important to say that I tell clients when I'm working with them, um, it's really important to balance and have a varied diet to ensure that you have a broad spectrum of essential nutrients. Um, but again, if you have concerns about your nutrient levels, supplements could be recommended. Um, but I think it's really important that you um, talk to healthcare providers um, to know, to make sure, I mean, especially if you're taking any kind of medication, because there are potentials with interactions and imbalances. If you don't take any medication, um, you know, knowing that you can get these things from food and trying to be, you know, pretty conscious about what you're eating, I think is going to be really helpful. So that is my thing on depression. Specifically, the question again was about um, postpartum depression. So I hope that helps people. I, I really do. Um, I want to thank everyone again for taking the time to listen to my podcast. I, I really am so grateful for the opportunity to do this and to have people hear me. It's awesome. Um, I love all the feedback I've gotten. I got a lot, like in about two weeks ago, I got a lot of people, um, uh, respond to my questions, like what questions you'd want me to answer. So those are going to be coming up in the next few weeks. Again, I will always do these shorts once a week. The other thing is my next episode with guest is coming on would be Chaka Malik from Orange 9mm and Burn, my dear friend. He is very cool. We had a great time. If you didn't have a chance to listen to any of my previous podcast episodes, please do. 
Um, I've gotten really good feedback about all of those. Yeah. And if you ever have anything you want to ask me, getting a hold of me on Instagram is usually the best. DM me, uh, the hardcore therapist on Instagram, where you find my website. I hope everyone has a great day and I will talk to you all soon.